It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, your coffee lover, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day and coming up on this episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. We'll tell you what the media notes are saying about Alex Sabrina's status for tonight, knowing that that could all possibly change. Nice win for Oklahoma City against the Dallas Mavericks. And where does that put Russell Westbrook as to where he is on the triple-double list or the all-time triple-double list behind Magic Johnson? We'll give you an update on that and just kind of talk about Russ's incredible season, PG's incredible season. But the Thunder still have some major deficiencies. But how are the Thunder making up for those deficiencies and maybe why we really shouldn't panic at all as Thunder fans because there are a couple of things that they don't have. Because the Thunder are figuring out ways to mask whatever issues are plaguing them at this moment. We'll also talk about what the answer might ultimately be is at four. You may not like it, but the truth sometimes hurts. And then what's going on with Ennis Canner? having a meeting with the New York Knicks GM saying that he doesn't want out of New York, but he's not really happy with his diminished role. Can Ennis Kanter really find basketball happiness outside of Oklahoma City? And if that's not possible, what is the how realistic is it that he could come back to OKC? So we get into all that today right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G., I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, as well as News Radio 1000 KTOK. I'm a credentialed member of the media. I've been lucky enough to cover the Oklahoma City Thunder now for about five and a half seasons. And if you like what you hear, you can always go to LockedOnPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast. Plus, there's LockedOnThunder.com where we have all these podcasts archived. And um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. That's where we have the podcast. Oh, Google Alexa. Spotify and Stitcher also, and Apple iTunes also have the podcast. So make sure you get plugged in to Locked on Thunder and become a subscriber today. Let's jump on it and discuss what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. According to the media notes, Alex Abrinas is still out for personal reasons. Um, I haven't seen anything else on Twitter that would tell me anything other than that's what's going on with Alex Abrinas right now. And Billy Donovan and the Thunder not saying what's going on with Alex Abrinas. Uh, he was asked, uh, would he be willing to to say more 
about Alex Sabrinas the other night. I think it was in, I think it was during pregame is what he said is when he was asked. And the answer was no. He would not be willing to say what's going on with Alex, which is good. I mean, I think at some point that kind of stuff does come out. It it kind of filters its way to the top and we all kind of figure out what's going on. But this is one of the things that I like about the Thunder is they'll stick together in in a time of need. And Alex Sabrinas will ultimately return to this team when it's right for him to return to this team. At this point, the Thunder are carrying on without him, and as long as you're getting performances like you are from Paul George and Russell Westbrook, two out of the last three games, then there's not much really. You don't really worry much about a guy like Alex Sabrinas being out because you don't notice it. The other thing you don't notice with the Thunder sometimes is, well, actually, I think most Thunder fans do because most Thunder fans put this team under a microscope. You do notice the bad free throw shooting. You do notice that the Thunder aren't very good from beyond the arc. And you do notice that overall shooting-wise, the Thunder haven't been good this year. However, you're still only, what is it, one and a half games out of the first spot in the, <laughs> in the, in the Western Conference in the NBA. So you might ask yourself, like if, if you're not watching the Thunder all 82 games, well, how are the Thunder doing it? If, if they're so bad in these particular areas of the game, and they don't have a pure shooter, and the backup four spot is a major problem for them, well, it's easy. The Thunder do it by playing defense. And they do it by playing defense better than most teams in the league play. This is an intense defensive team that goes out and plays very hard just about every night that they take the floor, and they have an innate understanding that this year, all 82 games are going to mean something And they learned from last year when they weren't ever able to be a cohesive unit. They learned last year that one or two games can make the difference and sit you up for playoff success or playoff failure. And you can tell that this team is constantly working towards the playoffs and that by April, they want to be a very sharp knife. They they want to be in position where they're playing their best basketball in April, that they've worked out as many of the kinks as they possibly can, And the only way you can do that is to take advantage of the schedule that you have in front of you and go out and play every single night to work on those things. And defensively, what I saw against the Dallas Mavericks on Monday night, uh, New Year's Eve, was incredible. And and you knew that the Thunder came out, really, I expected more intensity from the Mavericks, to, to, to be quite honest, that game did not turn out anything at all like I thought it would. There were a lot of fouls called, but not the type of fouls that I thought would be called. I thought it would get chippy. I thought guys would be sick of playing against each other. You would see a lot more physical contact than what you did. I saw a lot of flopping from Dallas. But I, I thought you would see a, a matchup where both teams got after it But really, the Thunder were the aggressor. The Mavericks didn't seem to have it in them. And and ultimately, Oklahoma City went out and and dominated. And that's what I think the Thunder do to a lot of teams is that when you bring that kind of intensity and you're feeding off guys like Russell Westbrook and you're feeding off of Steven Adams, those kind of attitudes become contagious. And I don't think there's a lot of NBA teams that can match that intensity night in, night out. And the more a group gets to know each other, the more a group gets a little older and gets a year removed away from having to play that hard, the harder it is for you to match in 82 games. And that's what we're seeing with Golden State this year. 
Steve Kerr keeps calling it the real NBA. What Golden State had been living in was uh, was not the true NBA. This is the true NBA. And he's right. Because what happens is guys will get bored throughout an 82-game season. They will take nights off. Um, they won't particularly want to play one one night. And they know. They, can, they know they can take a night off. They know, they know either as an individual or as a team, you can take a night off. And ultimately, if you're Golden State, it's not going to come back to hurt you. And the Oklahoma City Thunder played that way in Kevin Durant's final season in Oklahoma City. That they knew the nights off wouldn't hurt them. All you had to do was be ready for April. And come April, they were one game away from going to the championship. I mean, they almost, they, they really almost put their stamp on what we all thought of the NBA regular season for so long, which is, hey, it really doesn't matter. Just use the regular season to get ready for the playoffs. Well, you can do that when you're loaded with talent. And it's not to say that Oklahoma City isn't loaded with talent. They certainly are, and they're certainly versatile. But these guys haven't been together that long. Dennis Schroeder has only been with this team now a a few months. Jeremy Grant has only been with this team since last year. Paul George has only been with this team since last year. And really, last year, this never really felt like a team. Last year, what this felt like was a hodgepodge of guys that were kind of put together pretty much at the last minute in sort of an attempt to... I don't even really, honestly, I will tell you, I don't even know if last year was an attempt to be competitive for a championship as much as it was an attempt to show the fan base that Sam Presti would go out and try and acquire superstars and even take some risk on trading some guys that maybe he didn't want to trade to get dudes like Paul George and to get people like Carmelo Anthony and and, and for the fan base to understand, because Sam Presti did say this, this is the only way we're going to have access to these guys is that we're going to have to go out and trade for them. We're not going to be able to get these guys via free agency. That's what I felt last year was. Here, I'll show you that I can get superstars. I'll go get your I'll go get your Paul George and take the risk on having him here one year. Just to show you that I can pull it off and I'll bring in Carmelo Anthony just to show you that I can do it. And then we'll we'll put a team together and we'll just roll the dice and let the chips go where they may. Well, they did that. And for the most part, you were able to get by with some superstars. You weren't ever able to fill the potential that I think most fans wanted you to fulfill, but you were able to be good. This year, what you've got is a team. You've got Paul George, who makes the commitment to wanting to be here in Oklahoma City. You've got Russ that made that commitment back in September. You've got Steven Adams under contract. So these guys know they're going to be here a long time. So it has to mean something to them. And you've got Dennis Schroeder, who is getting a second chance, a second a second life, if you will, who is buying into the concept. Uh, you're bringing in Jeremy Grant, who never really had to start, but just keeps proving his worth. It's just, it's so, it's so good when it works that for me, to complain about the three-point shooting, to complain about the free-throw shooting, um, lack of shooter, whatever, it doesn't, it, it, it feels not just like nitpicking, but it feels as if I'm not being as, as appreciative as what I should for what they're producing right now. And right now, what they're producing is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers, 
when they go in to Staples Center and get the opportunity to take on a team that probably won't have LeBron, not going to have Rajon Rondo. What I expect tonight is a thorough butt-kicking of this team who's down, but... Give the Lakers credit, and I'll give Luke Walton credit. They know how to they know how to make up for their deficiencies well, and they play hard. So tonight, look for an. I I said this against Dallas, and I was wrong. But tonight, I really do expect a very intense game out of both of these two, and I think Russell Westbrook, as always, is going to want to shine in L.A. So I'll pick another triple double, which leads me to this. Um, just in case you don't know, uh, Russell Westbrook only twenty four away from tying Magic for second on the all-time triple-double list, but apparently that's not good enough to get him into the MVP conversation. I don't know. That's not for me to decide. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on LOT. Let me take this sip of coffee here real quick. That's good. Black Silk, by the way, by Folgers. Very good stuff. Uh, coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, we're going to be talking about why the answer at four may be right in front of your face And I don't think you're going to like it. That's coming up next here on LOT. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We have another episode of Locked On Sooners available at LockedOnPodcast.com. Also, just say, hey, Alexa, or actually it would be, hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast And Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast. Also, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. It is the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of talk about Lincoln Riley's new contract extension. And I get into uh, some conversation today about what it means to be a coach. And we'll talk a little bit about Billy Donovan coming up here in a second with the whole uh, UCLA thing. Because I think it was Seth Everett on the on the uh, athletics said that he would be the home run for UCLA. Probably not going to happen, but there's still that thought out there that you could get him back into college and maybe why that'll never happen again, why Billy Donovan may never go back. So let's talk here on the Locked on Thunder podcast about why Patrick Patterson may in fact be your solution at four. He's a 37% free throw shooter. And what ultimately may happen, and I was talking about somebody who works for the Thunder about this, is that there might just not be that dude out there, either on somebody's scrap pile or that contract that somebody's trying to get rid of. And it may just, in fact, just come down to the to the matter that you can't find anyone. So you're just going to take your opportunity with Patrick Patterson and his career as an NBA player that eventually he'll come around. And that ultimately may be what the Thunder have to do. Abdul Nader, I don't know where you are on Abdul Nader, but after the small sample size that I've seen of him, and it's it's so hard to judge. It, it is really just a small sample size. And I will say for Abdul Nader, it's going to take a while for him to come, come into his own. That that he's not a he's not a ready for primetime player in the NBA just yet. And what's going to have to happen over these next few months if, in fact, he is going to be your guy 
um, is that the Thunder need to find that out. Actually, what the Thunder need to do is find out if Abdul Nader is going to be the guy. Give him some opportunities to go out there and play. But also, you're walking that line of not sacrificing what has an opportunity to be a very special season for this team just in hopes of developing him. And if you start to look now at the minutes between him and Patrick Patterson, they're, eh, they've been pretty even these last few games. And I think that's what you're going to see with Billy Donovan is that for the most part, he's going to give Patterson an opportunity to play and give Patterson an opportunity to show that he can be the vet and supply that leadership and give the firepower when he needs to. And if Nader can produce defensively, he'll get his minutes. And a lot of what Nader's game is, is if you listen to Billy Donovan talk, is his defense leads to offense. And if he's not particularly good on defense to start the game, it rattled him. Rattled him in that first game against Dallas on December 30th. Sort of shook him and he never. it never really translated to him getting going offensively. And you can't, as much as you want him to come along, you cannot base your season on that. So now you're kind of stuck with Patrick Patterson unless there just is some guy that immediately becomes available to you. And just because he's a name doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be good or going to be the right fit for your team. And that's something that Sam Presti is going to do. He's going to do his due diligence by talking with people, not just within the organization that you're trading for. Because, I mean, let's face it, when you're trying to sell something, you're going to make it sound as good as possible. Oh, this guy would be perfect for you. He's a team player. He's this. Um, Here are his core values as a person. Here are his core values as a player. You're going to try and sell it. But that's when you've got to go outside that particular organization, talk to the guys within your own organization, talk with other people you know in the NBA, and figure out if it's going to work best for you, if this guy can accept different roles. And still, at that point, you're still rolling the dice. You don't know 100% what you're going to get. You may A guy may come in with just glowing recommendations and still, when he gets here, not be the person that... that you were told that he was, or for him, you may not be the organization that he was being told he was going to. And he gets in here and hears all these great things about Oklahoma City, but once he starts pulling away all the stuff with it, it may come down to, oh, okay, yeah, I really don't fit in here because while these may be my core values and they say these are their core values, they do this, not this. So it's not, it's, I have a lot of respect for Sam Presti when you're going out trying to make these changes because I don't think they're, they're easy. Plus, you start adding salary cap and everything else onto it. I look at what I have in Patrick Patterson. And while it may not be perfect, I at least know what I'm going to get with him. I know how he fits with the locker room. Every day that I walk in, it's something consistent and that's better than, Walking in every day, not knowing what you're going to get out of someone else. So it might not be the answer you want to hear, but it may ultimately be the only answer that the Thunder have at four at this point. Real quick, wanted to jump on the UCLA thing with Billy Donovan because that conversation did come up. Uh, and, and actually, funny story, as Billy was walking into the room, we were discussing, uh, we were discussing college football in the uh, media room. And as Billy Donovan walked in, I I was saying, hey, enough of that crap. <laughs> Let's talk about the real story. You think Billy Donovan's interested in UCLA? I think it was Brett Dawson said, hey, dude, why don't you ask him? He's right there. And as he's walking the stands, I said, are you interested in UCLA? He did not answer that question. 
I didn't expect him to, um, but I'd love to pick Billy Donovan's brain about UCLA. And from what I understand about UCLA, the knock on it is they don't pay enough for what the expectations are. Um, They don't give you everything that you need, and they really just expect those four letters, UCLA, to sell themselves to recruits, everybody else, and you have to go out and figure out a way to win 10 consecutive NCAA championships. So unrealistic expectations for what they're going to give you. But why you might not see Billy Donovan leave, and it was this is a very good point that was brought up. If you're an NBA coach, you get months off. Once the season is done, you get time to go spend with your family. You get time to get away from basketball. You get an opportunity to recharge the batteries, maybe go to a tropical vacation, play a little golf, and just relax. As a college coach, there is no time to relax because you're constantly recruiting kids. The other thing that Billy Donovan may not want to go back to, and this I don't know for sure, I think this is more speculation than anything else on my part, is that you got to kiss some butt at the college level, and you really don't at the professional level. And by butt, I'm talking about people who aren't in the organization. People who may pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to sit in luxury boxes But they also, because they spend that money with college, they believe that they have a call. Season ticket holders, somebody that pays for courtside seats or a luxury box with the Thunder can't really tell Sam Presti or Billy Donovan that they need to sign a a free agent. Now they can, but there's that attitude of, okay, thank you for your, 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 your input, but we know how to run the team. We'll take care of it. You can't really get away with that in college. You, you can sort of, but sometimes you get yourself into a situation where you have to recruit kids. This happened to Mac Brown. You've got to recruit kids that you don't want to recruit because somebody's telling you to do it and somebody is signing a lot of checks and then you see some people cave depending on how the program is run. And, and, and I think if you just, I've always said this, if you just like coaching, you're in a much better position in the professional ranks, especially if you're an assistant coach because the people telling you how to correct things are people within the organization, people that you probably have respect for. And I will say this much. I I know from my own radio life, um, I I know this much. I will listen to a program director 10 out of 10 times. I'll listen to a program director. I will do exactly what a program director tells me to do. Um, Even if I'm not comfortable with it, my thought is, well, he knows what he's doing. He's been in radio for you know, X amount of years, he's had success here or whatever. So yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. And if it doesn't work, we always come back and talk about it and I go do it again. I always give it three times before I finally say, this doesn't work for me. Can we try it my way? If somebody who is outside the business, even though they may be a client spending money, hey, can you do this on your show? Or can you do that? Or I don't like it when you do this. That I get a little more prickly about. Because you're not the one sitting in the seat. You're not the one behind the microphone every day. And yeah, you may be making my program go. But at the same time, I kind of inherently feel like I've got an understanding of what's going on. And that's how most coaches are. And that's why I always say Bill Belichick would never, (laughs) never work in college. Because he knows what he's doing. And some donor wants to tell him what to do. I don't think that that's going to be met with anything other than a few F-bombs. Same with a guy like Phil Jackson. Can you imagine imagine Phil Jackson having to deal with somebody's parent? And and agents are one thing. Um, I guess you're going to have to consistently talk to agents. Uh, But I'm not worried about agents because I think with agents, 
Because agents understand that it's a business. Coaches understand that it's a business. GMs understand what's a business. Everybody can tell each other to shut the F up. And there's no offense taken. Shut up. No, I'm not playing. If he fits this, fine. Boom. And you can hang up the phone. And then everybody comes back and, and they work together. Because that's just the way it is. But... Um, yeah, that's why I don't think Billy Donovan will ever go back to college basketball. And quite frankly, I hope he stays with the Thunder for a very long time. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll close things out talking about Ennis Canner's future in New York and why things might be bad for Ennis Canner if he can't find basketball happiness outside of Oklahoma City. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. Locked on Sooners is out as well. And you can find both those at LockedOnPodcast.com. And all our archive podcasts are at LockedOnThunder.com. So, Ennis Canner. Um, oh, which, hey, real quick. The Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ennis Canner is apparently not happy with his role in New York because his role is being diminished in with, with the Knicks. For whatever reason, um, it's not a good basketball team. <laughs> Ennis Canner's at least going to play some defense for you. And I think of Ennis Canner, given the opportunity in the right situation, has proven he can be very valuable to, to any organization, not just on the court, but off the court as well. Um, he had 17 points in 12 rebounds in just 20 minutes on Tuesday night. Um, he's averaging around 11 points a, a game. Um, but he's been out of the Knicks lineup for the past three games. So he's gone to talk with the GM. He says that he doesn't want to be traded. But you cannot think that if that role continues to shrink, that Ennis Canner is going to be want to be anything but traded from the New York Knicks. And I really honestly believe right now, he was treated so well in Oklahoma City. that things worked so good for him here that Ennis Canner, unless he can find or even get close to what he got here in Oklahoma City, that he is never going to be happy in the NBA. That this is the only place that he really feels comfortable. And you know that he, I mean, I, you know that he's got a big-time connection with the city. You know that he has that big-time connection with Stephen Adams. And I think in his heart of hearts, this is really where he wants to be. As much as he may love the city of New York, Oklahoma City embraced him. He embraced Oklahoma City. The Thunder embraced him. He embraced the Thunder. And as that just kind of, as that is not there anymore for him to lean on, and he's sort of figuring all this out himself, and he's in an organization that is that has been a has been at best, you can just say, fluid over the last few years. It's about the nicest thing that you can say about the Knicks is that they have been fluid. Um. He's looking for stability. He's looking for that, ah, for lack of a better term, that small market one-on-one relationship that he's just not getting right now. 
And I would love to have him back in Oklahoma City. But A, I think he's going to cost too much. And, and I'm really happy with the way that Nerland's Noel is playing. And B, I just I don't know that it's realistic that that move can be made not only this year, but in the next few years. And just from a price standpoint, if I'm Sam Presti, I can't give up Nerland's Noel now to get to get Ennis Canner. Maybe after the season, I, I certainly think that that's something that's going to be explored. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks called Oklahoma City to see if they had any interest in him. I don't know just how what how first of all how much interest Sam Presti would have, or B, um, if it, if it's even remotely financially feasible. I do know this, though, but when we go back to that last segment and we talk about Sam Presti's work and doing his due diligence, finding out if someone fits, at least with Ennis Canner, you know he fits with this organization. And it'll be interesting to see if, in fact, that's the next move that he makes, and that is bringing Ennis Canner in at some point. Um, I I would not get your hopes up for it. Would I love to see it back? Yes. Um, But I just hope for Ennis' sake, because he is such a good guy, and he does a lot of good things that he does eventually find basketball happiness. And that's the one thing, or even talking about the things that I really didn't like about the Carmelo Anthony trade was sending in his canner to the Knicks because he just had this feeling that he was going into a very unstable situation. And if anything, it's proved to be just that. That wraps up today's show. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Thunder and the Lakers. And until tomorrow, beat L.A., May God bless you and your family, and of course, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.